This is the Relevant Podcast. It's episode 969, and this is the Relevant Podcast here in Orlando. I'm your host, Cameron Strang, and joining me from Loverland, Virginia, it's Jesse Carey. Hello, hello. From Nashville, Tennessee, artist, producer, and mogul, Derek Miner. What's happening? And also from Nashville, just down the street, Relevant Senior Editor, Tyler Huckabee. Howdy. I told y'all last time that this month is going to be a bunch of weird shows and, mm. un, you know, not normal, and so... Uh, here we go with the boys are back in town. We got a couple boys are back in town episodes lined up this week, this month. So caught is the gym socks show. <laughs> I can already smell his smelly sweat socks. <laughs> this show is musty. I always get nervous about these because Jamie's kind of the moral anchor. I think a lot of times, you yeah. know, Jamie. It's not that she inserts time, herself. Yeah. It's just her being in the room. It kind of just makes you want to like she's sit a little wise. straighter. Yeah, yeah she's you know very I mean? wise. Yeah. She's she's yeah. she's good at what she does. And without her, it's ship lost. At sea, because, yeah. Otherwise, it's the axe body spray of podcasts. Is what's <laughs> okay, hey, this is for real. And please, if one day I know this is going to go out to the internet, and one day my son might hear this, but he's in he's in sixth grade, and there's something that happens when boys go into middle school and they start stinking. I picked him up from school yesterday, and it was just like, please crack a window. What is going on? And we come home, and I was like, can you go shower or something? He comes out two minutes later. I was like. You did not take a shower. He goes, I just put on some of my axe. Mm-hmm. He <laughs> took the stench and covered it with axe black. It did not it help. And it him- worked. <laughs> but axe, axe, on, axe on steak is stanky. <laughs> it's like man, it it stinks with a little kind of sweetness behind it. Like, Ooh, what is this? Yeah, it sounds right. like it sounds like candy has gone bad. You know what I mean? Like that's the right. smell. You know, like it's and spoiled I, candy. And I think now it's just gotten so associated with guys trying to cover up bad smells that even if the axe smelled kind of good, you're like, that's not a good sign. It's it's nah. it, you can tell that there's that it all it, it's like a clean room where you can tell it's all under the bed. Like if you're oh, standing in the aisle at Target and you're sniffing the axes, they they're lovely. They're like candles, yeah. you know. Yeah. They're, they're lovely scents, but the so problem many. is the smelly boys put it on top of the smell, and so you got the right. smell with the axe, and but, it's. But not to be good. fair, it's not like it's just co-generation. When when I was coming up, oh, yeah. this, there was an axe, but we did have Febreze. And Febreze, we would spray over any dirty piece of clothing, and it was clean again. It, it, we, in our mind, Febreze somehow extracted the odor <laughs> and put in sort of this pleasant kind of floral uh, aroma and we treat i remember I, my first apartment we bought like a couch from a thrift store and it smelled so bad and our solution was not to get it cleaned but just to unload several spray container uh, <laughs> canisters of febreze on it and be like from my understanding how this product works this will clean the couch immediately so nah, did it work? not not in the, no. not in my no. crib not in my crib my mom's my mom's jokes were so visceral that you just had to do that one time and you would never do it again by the time like she had she would just be like boy you stink and it's just like you were like not in front of just you it's like we could be in walmart boy when you get home you need to do da 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 da, da. And, and it's like by the you like man look i got proficient at taking showers mm-hmm. and taking them well because i did not want to deal with the embarrassment of my mom going full uh, Claire Huxtable, uh <laughs> Would she do that like just to you, or would she do it like for an audience, like kind of embarrassing you? Oh, she do that anywhere. Like <laughs> it's not. Yeah, it's just it church, whatever. Oh, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> she like boy, your underarms is tart. You know what I'm oh, saying? God. But that, oh. but that's just. But the thing is, though, I think oh. that's just. I, I mean, I don't know. I think that's just black culture. You know what I'm saying? Like, or at least. Southern black culture. I don't know, you know, what it's like anywhere else, but I know just like in the South, in the area I was in, like we would just cook one another incessantly. That's how you know that I love you is if I crack jokes on you. I was literally like, just going to say that is your love language is making yeah. fun of everybody. So that's, that's it. where it came from, huh? Your family <laughs> put that in Facts. you. Visceral. That's- like if your skin is thin 
at our family gatherings, just your best bet is to just go in the corner and just be quiet and enjoy the show. Because if you make yourself stand out in any shape, form, or fashion, you are up for grabs. We're Do cooking. You, okay. You. So when you when you when you talk smack, are you are you preemptively talking it? Like let's say, okay, like last year we were hanging out in prop and you and me and some friends were playing dominoes. And prop yeah. is like the master domino player. So he's talking all this trash. Like he's right. just like psychological warfare, you know? Yes. And then I end up beating him and yes. he can't take it. You know what I mean? Like I'm not a guy who's going to talk smack before the outcome is pretty well in hand or clear. You know what I mean? Right. Then I'm going to be relentless. He's, he's doing it. And the only, I wouldn't have said Jack, if it wasn't for him talking so much trash to start with, I had to give it back to him since he lost, right. you know, make fun of him a little bit. And you was cooking him. It was hilarious too. Just I know. And he, he got so mad too. But that's my thing is like, I'm not going to roast people if it's going to come back to me. You know what I mean? I'm going to wait right. until it's a one way transaction, you know, but the, yeah. the only, the, the only nah. risk, uh, the, the only risk is like when you watch like two little kids siblings or like two cousins like wrestling and they're having fun, but then one accidentally like a hand slides, you know, flies up and hits one in the mouth, and all of a sudden the fake fight they're actually fighting yeah. at that uh-huh. point. You know? right. <laughs> I've seen that happen too with Smack Talk, where it's all good natured. Somebody crossed the line. And it's like, uh oh, th- th- these adults are actually trying to hurt each other's feelings right now. So <laughs> no, so th- that's the crazy part. And it, where I grew up, if you get mad, it just pours on more. Like, That's it's not, saying. it's not uh-huh. like, yeah, yeah, it's like, oh, when you're got getting actually mad about losing. Cooked. It's just like that opened it up and it's just pile on, man. Yeah. It's like, yeah, do like for us, it's like you got to do something about it. Like, if you don't like people talking smack, you got to do something about it. For me, I talk smack win or lose. It doesn't, it does not matter. And the reason I do that is because I remember. My freshman year of college, I met one of my best friends to this day. His name's TJ. Uh, we used to tell everybody that we were like that we we're like blood brothers because we both had the last name Johnson, right? And I, we were playing NBA uh, 2K. Now, I went 2K. It was live at the time. Live was what was popping. And I was destroying him. But he talked so much trash, I felt like I was losing. <laughs> I, it was at that point that I was like, oh, no, nah. I got to I was like, I thought my trash talking was one level and he took it to another level. It was so bad. We were playing actual basketball in the wreck. We we're playing intramurals. And it was not if you know, TJ, TJ is about five, eight, five, nine. And at that time was a string bean. That boy was thin. I'm talking about he was Kevin Durant just got in the NBA thing. Right. We're playing these guys. One of them is six foot seven. Another dude is like, yo, six, five. All of these dudes have handles. We're getting mopped, right? This guy that's six foot seven comes down the court. TJ is guarding him, talking trash to this dude. And then the guy comes in and lays it up and then looks at TJ. And TJ looks at him in the face and said, if you was really a baller, you would have dunked it. I was like, yo. He made him so bad he started playing bad. I was like, yo, that's crazy. There there are stories of like rookies coming into the NBA back in the Kevin Garnett era, and he was like, he it wasn't just trash talk. It was genuinely hurtful. Like uh-huh. there are stories of rookies Kobe coming in like and they're like, yeah. they're like Kevin Garnett was saying very personal things into my ear and made me cry. And it's like yes. it's next level smack talk, you know. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's it's psychological crazy. warfare. Yeah. So that's yeah, what's that's gonna what happen on this is. show today. Okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> well, we have a great show in store for you today. Coming up later, we talked to hip hop artist Holvey. He actually has dropped two albums in the last year. You don't want to miss that conversation. Also, we have a game at the end of the show that, see, this is an unusual situation. Tyler writes these games. Tyler's on today. Tyler is going to bring his own game. It's called The Truth Is Out There. It's about conspiracy theories. So it's perfect for Jesse and Derek. So, all right, that's going to be the end of the show. Don't miss that. But stay tuned right now. Up next, it's Slices.
listening to John Jin Han and Soren Bryce. The song is Young Folks. Little little cover action there. Season four of The Chosen is in theaters now, and the reviews that count are in. Amazing. Did not disappoint. Flurry of emotions. It was powerful, heartbreaking, uplifting. You have got to come and see it. It is a message for everybody. I highly recommend that you come out and see The Chosen season four. Episodes one through three of The Chosen season four are in theaters till February 14th. So visit thechosenriseup.com and get your tickets now. That's thechosenriseup.com for tickets today. Okay, it's time for Slices. All right, what do you have, Jesse? All right, so if you are in the uh, the state of Texas, you have the opportunity this week to go to the San Antonio Museum of Art to see a pretty cool uh, piece. It's actually extremely rare, and it is the bust, like the head of a of a Roman figure. And this this piece that uh, um, you know it, it's it's kind of like the marble classic kind of white bust of 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 a roman ruler is 2000 years old which is that's that's a pretty cool thing to see and it, you know it's not necessarily that the bust is particularly newsworthy it's how it came uh into possession of that museum um a a woman uh her name was sarah young was perusing an austin thrift store a few years ago and she saw this bust sitting on the counter with a price tag of 34.99 and she thought it looked just like the character Dennis Reynolds from Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Being an Always Sunny fan, she knew she had to own this, and she named it Dennis Reynolds. So she bought Dennis Reynolds and displayed Dennis Reynolds in her home. Uh, she started to get the hunch that maybe this uh, this uh, you know piece that she had bought because of its resemblance to uh, Dennis Reynolds from Always Sunny may actually be worth something. So she started doing some research, and she got it appraised and it turns out that this was actually a very famous but missing piece um at some point in the 1800s it was it had been acquired by a bavarian king um uh, who displayed it in his courtyard, uh, and he had got it from collectors uh, who had claimed that it originally came uh, from a villa in Pompeii from ancient Rome. Uh, now, no one is quite sure how it ended up in the Goodwill thrift st- store in Austin, uh, but they think that some uh, at, at some point during World War II, uh, when uh, you know America was fighting uh, the Nazis, that American soldier found this and. and and brought it home and somehow it ended up in a thrift store. Now it it became after, after they determined where this originated, it became a big problem for Mrs. Young because unfortunately due to international uh, antiquities laws, she was not allowed to own it, and she was not allowed to sell it, which is quite a predicament if you have something you're not allowed to possess, but they also won't let you to sell. She said that the name Dennis Reynolds changed. She told this to a local newspaper, and because she felt like the name Dennis Reynolds, if you're familiar with the show, was even more fitting because the bust is very difficult, cold, aloof, emo- an emotionless man that caused some problems for me. <laughs> She's a good so, sport about it. That's yeah, good. So long story short, uh, the Bavarian government uh, claims that they are the rightful owners of it and worked out a deal. They paid her a small finder's fee, and it is going to be shipped back to Bavaria. Uh, but first, they are allowing a local museum there to display it. So moral of the story, if you see something cool or funny at Goodwill, buy it. Because there's a high, high probability it is an ancient, priceless antiquity. That's the moral of this story. So, you know, uh, 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 Lil's, uh, the fact you left out, uh, she's a high-ranking um, executive at Hobbit. Hobby Lobby. A classic Hobby Lobby. Whoops. I didn't know that. <laughs> How did that what? happen? What? Are you what? sure? Are you this sure? This antiquity was stolen? Wait, look. I, I, bought these, I bought this rare version of the Dead Sea Scrolls at a Goodwill <laughs> right behind the shoe aisle. So... <laughs> Finders keepers. I don't know what to tell you, officer. (laughs) The guy, he seemed all right to me. I paid $12 for this. That's good hard-earned money. Jesse, you you (laughs) told me right before the show, you were switching from a different slice to that slice. What was the slice that did not make the cut? 
Oh, for okay. that slice. I, I'm glad you. I'm Twofer. glad you mentioned this. Uh, yeah, I'm glad you mentioned. I'm this. just Let's curious. I'm just actually curious, just from a. From you like deciding the content flow, you landed on that, but I'm I want to know what didn't make the cut. Well, it, it, you know, given Tyler's game, I feel like the um, the other slice would have been pretty fitting because uh, this week the um, Space Force, the uh, new branch of the military, um, has released a bunch of patches and emblems for their different sort of like command units and they are straight up bonkers. If you didn't <laughs> if you thought up to this point that Space Force there's nothing nef- nefarious happening with Space Force with aliens or anything like that. You know, this is just uh something where we're going to keep satellites uh in in motion and it's not going to involve space battles. Look at these patches and they are terrifying. They're the most heavy metal emblems <laughs> that military's ever released. Like one is like an there's several Several with like owl imageries, like owls, like grasping weird shapes flying over the earth. There's one that's like a six headed beast wrapping itself around the the earth. There's one with a a literal wizard on there. There's like these are (laughs) these are official. Yeah, these are real. Yeah, and they're awesome. They are. There's one that was like a, a human skull, like a skull inside of a spaceman's helmet. Hey, okay. There, there's also one. on top of that, that NASA is releasing butt naked photos of humans <laughs> hoping that aliens yes. find them. So we're sending. Have you ever? I mean, I thought that was going to be your slice, Derek. Or is that going to be your slice? You're just getting ahead of yourself. No, I think it's hilarious because I'm like, yo, we are sending the nudes to ET, dog. <laughs> so I, I love, I love that they're like, listen, we've tried everything to contact aliens. We set up, we, you know, we're 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 sending pulses out there. Yeah, we got, yeah, we got SETI. We got you know radio, that, radio yeah, shows, uh, yeah. TV yeah, we, shows we, we, are sending we, out there. We have that that you know new satellite ship that's like making its way to Pluto. You know, some scientist is like, "What if we try sexting them?" And they're like, "Okay, I guess <laughs> so." Yo, we just gonna start calling NASA NASA Hub. That's what we doing. Bro. We're sending out the news. Do you think this might be a little? I hope this doesn't get too blue for the relevant podcast. Clark can cut it out. But do you think this is just a NASA scientist like? I've got an idea for how maybe I could get like spice up my love life a little bit. No, 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 no. I'll just no, tell people here's what aliens. happened. Here's what happened. HR called him into their office and said, uh, listen, we've seen we've seen your search history on your work computer. <laughs> we need to talk to you right, about this. this. Exactly and he happened. goes, no, 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 no. no that no, was work related. Here, here's what I'm working on. Uh, <laughs> it was research. Bill approved uh, it over in HR, you know? So yeah. Yeah, 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 no, it's on the up and up. Yeah, that was super important mission. Super important mission. I got to look at these patches. Hold on. Dude, they, it makes you think like, what are, what is Space Force up to? You sent an Yo. article link. I said the actual website where you can purchase these US uh air or you know these Yo, patches. There's a Godzilla the one. Is going on. But it's like what is the military up to that they have like one of their official command emblems is like a giant Sasquatch creature grabbing the planet in one hand and wielding a sword in the other. Like what is this supposed to tell people? Like I'm just wondering it, did they find the the graphic designer on Reddit? Or like is the NFT designer or something? Cause these joints, they're very metal. Like they're like these joints, wow, bro. Like, what is this a leprechaun blowing on a saw? Like what? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. It's like Dude, what, what, is this? what is happening here? Look at the one I just sent, y'all. It's like I can't even describe what it is audibly. I don't even know what I'm looking at. It's like some sort of creature it, with a bloody axe. Yeah. But it's yeah, that's the one I'm talking about. I'm like, what is happening? I'm like, is this an elf with an axe? No, you know what this is? It's a bloody this axe, is though. People, bro, this is people listening to... Whoever designed this is a big fan of the Joe Rogan podcast. And they've <laughs> taken every conspiracy theory he has about the government, aliens, interdimensional warfare... And has made patches out of them joints. And he's like, watch this, guys. That's what's happening, bro. I, I refuse to believe that somebody rationally in the government made these joints. I, I, but I think it's a recruitment tool. If someone's like, hey, oh, you absolutely. get a jacket and you get this sweet wizard patch on it. All right, I'm in. Can I get the troll with the axe, too? Can I, can I get the wizard, the owl, and the weird elf with the bloody axe? All right, I'm in this. I'll join Space Force if you give me a cool it, it bomber is, it's jacket. It's definitely an elf because uh, an elf... Because it has a freaking 
pointy toes. Like yeah. the toes are. Cur- it looks like something you would see on Christmas that wants to kill you. It's they they, they literally made a patch out of Krampus. Uh-huh. Like that's yeah, what they say, did. It's an old German it's a Krampus yeah, patch. Yeah, wives' tale. Yeah, 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 exactly. Did anybody else have the weird experience I had of scrolling through these where you're just you know you've got like wolves bears the the elf with an axe thing and then towards the bottom left hand side you've got the christmas wreath that just jumps out of nowhere Happy like holidays. It just a slap it's across a, the face it's like <laughs> <Yeah>. owl space <laughs> wizard bloody axe christmas wreath yeah, <laughs> merry christmas something for mom it's like wait i'm on that squadron i'm on the christmas wreath squadron i got yeah. a, I got a grizzly bear some sort of weird <laughs> phantom uh, uh, you know two eagles and a six-headed monster and i get the christmas wreath Come on, guys. <laughs> the Toys for Todd Squadron. Yeah. All right. What do you have, Derek? Well, since we since we in the thick of it, let me go ahead and take it to the next level. Um, the year is 2085. Okay. Huh? And yeah. religious warfare has made we have transcended from fighting each other on Twitter and Facebook to now we're gonna fight each other with actual combat. That's what this movie is about. It's a movie with Patton Oswald called what's this thing called? Absolute dominion. And in 2085, it's a, it, the idea is that in 2085, the way that you handle religious disputes is just mortal combat. That's what we're doing. Yeah. So. Uh, Perfect. Yeah. I'm, <laughs> I'm excited to see the movie. I hope that it actually makes it off the cutting room floor and into theaters because I think this is going to be crazy. The idea would be that instead of a religious debate, instead of getting like Bill Nye in one corner and uh, and I Ken don't know who the, and yeah Ken Ham in the other, and having them debate creation six day Fight. seven day creationism versus the theory of evolution, you you put them in a boxing ring and you say whoever win whoever wins that's kind of like kind of like what we do here whenever we do the uh uh the ultimate the ultimate battle. Right. Yeah. We do ultimate battle here. And as a way of deciding forever, petty Internet squabbles, this movie is going to say by Mortal Kombat. If if Ken Ham wins and can defeat Bill Nye in the boxing ring, then we say forever. It's it. He's he's right. It's creationism. I I just think reality has jumped the shark. Yeah, I, I was gonna say it's, it's a fascinating like premise for a movie. The only thing unrealistic about it is like 2085. That could be set in 2025, and I would yeah. honestly believe that it would be a prediction. <laughs> I don't feel like it's that far 2085 off. is generous. From, yeah, yeah, generous. From, from solving our religious Things conflicts going, by yeah, changing quickly. Yeah. 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 yeah, maybe it should maybe just be better that way because then it does. You know, I I'm not I'm not a fan of violence. I don't advocate for violence, but at least then it's over. You know, one person loses and, you know, the ongoing just continue every day. I see these same like six people on Twitter with the same stupid takes and it's driving me nuts. And if one of them not dies, but if one of them was beaten so soundly that they were not allowed to post their dumb takes anymore, even if it wasn't a take that I agreed with, even if it wasn't my personal take, I think it would be better overall for my like mental health on a day to day basis. I'm not advocating for this. I'm just saying there would be an upside to it. I'm okay with the idea of it. I just think what would be funny is all of a sudden the the theologians would be like six, seven. Yeah. They'd be like yeah, six foot seven, like yeah. two hundred eighty pounds. <laughs> get, get some Krav Maga lessons. Yeah, hey, the, the power team. The power uh, team. Thank you. I was going to do the second reference. I was like, we know, you know, a pretty fundamentalist uh, view of evangelicalism will probably come on top because we have the power team, yeah. and uh, I don't know who's going to want to step into the ring with the power team. Yeah, no, nobody. All right, what do you have, Tyler? All right. So I, I, I think I've talked about this breakfast, my favorite meal of the day. Love a good, I love a good breakfast. And that's um, why you're a Christian, because as we know, there's no breakfast yeah. in health. And there's, there's no, yeah, that, that. yeah, that's yeah. the only reason. That's the big yeah. perk. What of going to, of going did to you just say? <laughs> the Newsboys in the <laughs> 90s the had a song yeah. that there's no breakfast in hell. That's the entire point of the song. <laughs> <laughs> it was the stupidest song. A lot of people, lot of people when life. they heard that. A lot of people, when they heard that, <laughs> it was a big deal. Came to the Lord, came to the that, Lord. It was that the was Billy a Graham huge hit. I'm telling you, in the nineties, nah, news bro, boys, you lying, bro. Hey, surely I will you, send you, the link. Have you shared a stage with those guys, Derek. Surely, at some point, 
you and Newsboys were on the same bill somewhere back in the day, maybe? I, definitely we were, and they never performed that song, bro. That's I'm telling you that for that's sure. That's a shame. That's a shame. I, and I see why they never performed that one, because that's the craziest <laughs> song I ever heard in my hey, life. Hey, you make fun all you want, but I know a lot of people that are devout Christians today. I'm like, hey, what brought you to the Lord? What, what made breakfast. you a believer? And they were like, uh-huh. listen, Captain listen Crunch. I, I was kind of on the fence about this whole gospel thing and, uh-huh. and, and leaving uh, my, the, my intellectual comfort zone. But when I found out there's no breakfast in hell, I said, sign me up for this faith because <laughs> I'm not running the risk of an eternal life with no breakfast. It yeah. is the most important meal of the day on yeah. this side of eternity <laughs> or the other. Yeah, that's right. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm glad, I'm glad that you guys, I'm glad you brought that up because, uh, because there is, if there, if there is breakfast in hell, uh, this is what it, it is. We've created it here on earth. So Tropicana has created what? this breakfast cereal. Tyler, that Tyler, it, what? Tyler, my friend, Tyler. Now you appear on almost every episode of this podcast, but oh, I know no. now for a fact that you do not oh, listen no. to well, said sometimes podcast. I often, I listen to my parts. <laughs> well, listen, on the right? non-Tyler listen. Huckabee part two, two, three episodes ago, listen. we broke the news about this Tropicana cereal where oh, you were supposed no. to eat it with the orange juice. Listen, guys. I think we're it's okay for us to rehash this topic. Because <laughs> you've been thinking about it. This, yeah. this is so egregious. Yeah. Like it's so egregious that you would take and put orange juice yeah. in cereal. Yeah. Like it's so egregious that I'm not even mad at him for bringing it up. He probably what wound up happening is he probably just blocked it out of his brain. That's <laughs> the last time we talked about yep. it. Well, we posted on the site too. We have, the it is on the we have been on this beat because this is a very troubling societal <laughs> trend. To your point, it, you know, even how you led into this, some enterprising preacher can, you know, really frame a sermon illustration about, you know, he's like, so there's annihilationism, which is the belief that <laughs> after you die, hell is just ceasing to exist. That's serving no breakfast in hell. Then there's a camp that believes in eternal torment, like having to eat orange juice in your cereal every morning for eternity. Doesn't that make sense? Now? Don't you understand? For, for people who, like me, did not man blocked out the last episode. Yes. The idea with this Tropicana breakfast cereal is that instead of milk, you you pour orange juice in. You pour, ideally, I think Tropicana orange juice. And I, I read some reviews of it online. Like they they sent out some samples. We didn't get any, but they sent some samples out to other people. And everybody had the same review. This is disgusting. Nobody liked the the people who got free free samples. Who is in their best interest to be nice about it? We're still like this. Just doesn't. It, it was a good effort. This doesn't work. And. In hell, you got to eat that cereal and you got to listen to that Newsboy song. No, the no, listen. You don't eat this cereal in no. hell because there is no breakfast in hell, even gross breakfast. There's no breakfast in hell. Newsboys taught us that this is a Catholic purgatory situation. When no, you're in purgatory, this is paying your where, dues. Where, like, so, okay. Purgatory listen, is water I, I and I need Cheerios. my white youth group. Uh-huh. friends to educate me okay. on what is the premise of this song. I'm going to like, read you yeah. lyrics from Please okay. help the, me with this. No matter how confused life. you are now, the lyrics are going to make you so much more confused. Okay, I remember I'm just gonna, <laughs> this is like, I'm going to read you a poem. This is, this is world-class right, art. Here we help, go. Help it's from the out. album, Take Me to Your Reader. It's uh, Take Me to Your Leaders from 1996, the Newsboys. And uh, the lyrics go like this. Hold the milk, put back the sugar. They're powerless to console. We're gathered here to sprinkle ashes from our late friend's cereal bowl. Breakfast clubbers <laughs> say the motto that he taught us to repeat. You will lose it in your gym class if you wait till noon to eat. Back when the chess club said our eggs were soft, every Monday he'd say grace and hold our juice aloft. Oh, none of us knew his checkout time would come so soon. But before his brain stopped waving, he composed this tune. And this is the hook. When the toast has burned and all the milk has turned and Captain Crunch is waving farewell, when the big one finds you, may this song remind you that they don't serve breakfast in hell. And it goes on from there. I don't. I don't. I don't. so weird today, I y'all. I don't get it. In 96, we was about. listening to Outkast, Reasonable <laughs> Doubt, all this. And y'all had to listen to this man tell y'all what no breakfast in hell. <laughs> Actually had, you know, a lot of people. I, I was joking earlier. This was a major evangelistic tool. A lot of people actually denounced the faith. 
Michael Tate and Duncan, I love y'all, bro, but that was a dud, dog. I love y'all. That was a dud, dog. A dud that they dropped all the way to the bank because that thing was at every concert for about 20 years. They ran it up. Oh, my God. It was a hit. It was a hit. Look, them cats got some money, bro, but that was that was a brick. <laughs> I really don't. I really don't understand it. We, and I would let you know if any of the guys in the newsboy, you know, we've got love for y'all. If you want to come, if you want to come on and explain the intention, what the message there is, have, happy to have you. We would you know, absolutely hear T- it out. Tyler, happy Tyler really was. Tyler deconstructed after hearing that. Song. <laughs> I, did. I did. I spent a few years. In, I, I spent. I spent a few years well outside the faith. Yeah. Just because I'm like, well, I, I, I thought I understood what Christianity was. Yeah. I clearly don't. I gotta, get, I gotta get out of this. Oh man, that was good. All, All right, right, so well, that was my slice. That was my slice. I usually do listen. I listen to the games because, as you guys know, when I write a game, I'm very curious to see how it goes over with the cast, and it really does give me a lot of joy to to hear people. I, I think I hear you guys enjoy the games that I put together, but I don't always listen to the entire podcast episode. All right, that'll do it for Slices. Stay tuned up next. Holby joins us. listening to sunflower bean the song is in flight hey if you like this podcast but you might like it better if there were no ads you can do that head over to relevantmagazine.com and sign up for relevant plus for just a couple bucks a month you get this podcast ad free you get ad free unlimited reading at relevantmagazine.com including the full podcast and magazine archives our beautifully designed digital issue and a little more uh check out all the info right there on the relevant plus tab at relevantmagazine.com. Well, our guest today is hip-hop artist Holvey. The Georgia native had a very busy 2021. He released two full-length albums. He had Coma and Christopher, which highlighted uh, his chameleon-like ability to shift through multiple styles and genres, which you can also check out through his collaborations with the likes of Lecrae, KB, and Crowder. Well, we sat down with him to talk about his long journey to the Christian hip-hop world, what he sees as the future for Christians who want to make their impact on culture, and why he thinks hip-hop is the perfect vehicle for real theology. Here's our conversation with Holby. This ain't doomsday, just that gratitude day. This my redemption for every day I threw away. I'd rather be a man than a rap star. I'd rather put the Bible where the plaques are. Traded in my shackles for a necklace. necklace. Head on swivel like I'm necklace. Yeah, I'm unashamed and I'm reckless. Sir, ID, please. Boy, I'm on a Well, hey, list. man, it's really nice to meet you. I've, I've obviously heard your name a lot and, and love all the Reach guys, and, and they all speak really highly of you, so I'm glad this is able to, to work out. Oh, thanks, bro. Um, no, do you mind? Do you mind uh, just start by sharing a little bit about, giving me a little bit of your origin story, how you got into music, and, and your journey from, from where you started to where you are now? Yeah, so uh, so I grew up in Brunswick, Georgia, a small town in uh-huh. South Georgia. And, you know, when I was in middle school, I really started getting introduced to, like, hip-hop culture, you know, like uh, Eminem and Lil Wayne, and as well as Lecrae. Um, and what was cool was, Around that time, man, I really just kind of had got into battle rap and stuff like that. It was real interesting to me. And so my start in rap was really just battling people at school. And um, I just found a passion for it because I was like, man, it just feels good to be able to. At the time, this was the wrong mindset, but it feels good to be able to beat these people in in battle <laughs> rapping. And so uh-huh. from there, man, I kind of just would just hone the craft by just having fun. and then. Um, when I got to high school, it eventually kind of became more serious. I met a guy who made music and he kind of started showing me more of like how to really write, you know what I mean? How to structure my bars and stuff like that. Um, I entered a talent show and then I won. And then from there, man, I just kind of started going, taking it serious. And then 
when I went to college, I was, I mean, a little bit before college, I was making a lot of demos, but then when I went to college, it was just like, I was just going hard. I started talking with the reach A and R and man, the rest was history. We just started building and yeah, bro. Yeah. So that, that's a super short version, but yeah. Yeah. Let me ask you this. When you were younger, when you were doing and doing high school and stuff, did you have like a community of people around you who you feel like really got hip hop in the way that cared about it in the way you cared about it? Or did you feel kind of like on your own? So yeah, in high school, I feel like there was definitely some people who, who definitely loved hip hop. Um, but I wouldn't say there was many peers like me, you know what I mean? So like people, people, some people rocked with it, some didn't, but like as a whole, yeah, I kind of did feel a little isolated just because I was like, dang, who's there. The good thing is my, my, my best friend, his name is Bailey Hunter Wagner at the time, man, he kind of managed me like, you know, like just, Oh, I think it was a way for, for us both to do this and not, and not do it alone. So, so I ended up kind of having somebody alongside of me, but for the most part, man, I mean, yeah, bro, not everyone understood and, you know, um, some did. And even like the church I grew up in, I know they didn't get it. Even when like, like, I guess around the time that I started getting signed and stuff, they started to see it more, but it was just interesting because yeah, bro, hip hop culture doesn't always have a clean relationship with other people because of the way that they view it, you know? And I'm sure we can all attest to that, that we've seen that before. I had a dream to go to the lead. I think from my perspective, at least right now, the Christian hip hop community doesn't really have to fight for legitimacy anymore. Like, like there's like, I, I think, you know, there's en- enough of you guys have really done it with a lot of excellence to the point where, you know, you're known, you're respected, you're, you're right. considered real players in the game. What do you think is next now that there's legitimacy? Where would you like to see the community go? And what do you see your role in particular being in that? I think what's next is something that is like the next stage that like none of us have seen before where I think now the talent bed is just bigger than it's ever been. So you got guys like, I mean, Caleb Gordon, um, guys like uh, Mike Teasy. These dudes are on TikTok. Uh, Emmanuel the Prophet, dudes that are just making music that they love, but they're not really too infiltrated in the CHH circle. They're just kind of yeah. doing them. Yeah. And I think that we're about to start seeing a huge, and I think we already are, a huge array of talent coming from all angles and from different walks of life. And all these people love God. And I think that's what we're about to start to see. Um, thank, thanks to TikTok and to even Instagram, just the way things are moving. And, um, I also feel like the heart of everything is continuing to get closer to God. And I'm so encouraged by that. And I think that is just because of dudes who love God that have pushed dudes and women that love God that have pushed for, um, man that have just pushed to be love. And I think, you know, it's been cool cause I know it's encouraging other people and yeah, so I think we're going to see more wholesome content as well. Because I think there's a stage yeah. of Christian hip hop where people felt like they had to be like the world, and, you know, and I, and I get it. You know what I mean? And that's no knock that people are doing it because some of it makes sense. And some of it's like, man, I see how you're reaching people with this. But then as a whole, it's like, man, there's some people I feel like have so much to say and they don't say it. And I think now we're going to start seeing those people say this stuff because, uh-huh. You know, I think people are becoming convicted, man. Seriously. So I'm ex- I'm excited for the future of it. There's a lot of young talent, a lot of talent and a lot of good hearts. If you don't mind, I don't want you to, to brag on yourself too much here. Well, unless you want, I don't care. But uh, but what do you feel like your unique you can bring uniquely to all of this uh, as a as an artist, as a musician, and also just as a, as a man with with your own beliefs and convictions? Yeah, I think you know what I think 
what people are going to get from me is a fight to convey the truth. And I don't just mean like preaching at people, but like the, the truth of knowing God and the peace and the joy and the, you know, like you're, for me, I, I think that's what you're going to get is just like the fruit of somebody who's currently fighting to walk with God and fighting to know him more. And I'm not perfect, but man, I, I'm so thankful for his grace in me and for him living in me. And so I think that's what, you know, you're going to get from me. You know, I don't see myself as always being the guy who's going to make the next trendy song. I think you're going to get where he leads me to next. Don't get me wrong. Like, you know, I'm planning on putting out a lot of fun stuff for people because I've done a lot of deep things. So I was excited to just give people a fun array of songs. But Uh even in those, you're going to see God's heart and you're going to see my hunger for him. Um, It's always going to be some type of fruit of my walk with God. I can say that, you know, and and one thing you always see for me as well is I'm always going to fight to, to bring in the next person because I feel like there's a lot of people out here that are so talented, but more than that are so gifted with just being able to communicate what God's done in their life. And so I want to highlight those people in my career. I want to highlight those people in my ministry. And so uh, yeah, man, that's something y'all will see for me for sure is just highlighting other people because that's big on my heart. As I travel down the narrow road I'm walking on, I hear the gravel now. You took my heart of stone, you're the one that matters now. Just want to know you, God, I can hear you calling out. I love you, son. Help me accept it. I love you, son. I accept it. I am just that was Holvi. Check out his two full length albums on Reach Records, they're called Coma. And Christopher, they're out now. All right, stay tuned. Up next, it's The Truth Is Out There. to grandma the song is i met god online <laughs> okay it is time for the truth is out there tyler take it away all right so because i have two primo conspiracy theorists primo. to work with today primo primo conspiracy theorists to work with today i wanted to i wanted to do a battle of conspiracy theories between you okay. guys i did not write one of my ridiculous intros because i really just write those to hear cameron struggle through them on those. <laughs> i'm not gonna do that myself. i'm not gonna do that i don't have to worry about that but this is this is called the truth is out there here's what's gonna happen i'm going to give each of you uh three conspiracy theories one of which was later proven to be true so there was an extant conspiracy. One of these was proven to be accurate. Two were not. And you have to det- oh. decide which one was the real conspiracy. Okay. Which, which conspiracy theory turned out to be factual. Makes sense? I'm with yep. it. Let's get it. It's All just right. Jesse versus Derek. And Jesse I'm versus Jesse score. v. Derek. Okay. And you'll, you'll keep score. All right. Yep. We got it. Okay. The, uh, we'll, start, we'll start with you, Derek. Your first, your first at bat. All right. All right. Let's get it. Okay. First one. Operation Snow White. In the 1970s, thousands of Scientologists infiltrated various levels of the U.S. government to destroy unflattering records about the church and their founder, L. Ron Hubbard. All right. Operation Snow Mm. White. Okay. Okay. Number two, the Candlewick Papers. The Continental Congress had originally nominated Ben Franklin to be the first U.S. president, but George Washington's goons pressured him into declining. All right. The Candlewick Mm. Papers. Three, the Kirk Files. During the 1960s, Star Trek creator Gene Roddenberry had to get approval from his Star Trek scripts to make sure none of the technology was too similar to actual existing NASA experiments. Oh. All right. Operation Snow White, the Candlewick Papers, or the Kirk Files, which one would turn out to be true? I'm going Candlewick. I'm sorry. The answer is Operation Snow White in the 1970s. What? Of at least 5,000 5, known Scientologists infiltrated various levels of the U.S. government to destroy unflattering records about the church what? and their founder, L. Ron Hubbard. Yeah. It's the largest infiltration, wow. the largest infiltration of the U.S. government in history. 
Oh my goodness. That's well, crazy. Considering there's like three TV cable docu-series about how evil they are, I don't think the mission was that successful. So. Right. <laughs> like wow. A&E, A&E is half Scientology documentaries these days. It's like murder yeah, 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 yeah. But that's now. Yeah. Think about yeah. the yeah. 70s, 80s, 90s, early 2000s. Mm-hmm. We didn't know, no, yeah, how facts. evil Scientology was and because of probably these efforts. Why, and this is wow. why it turns out, because they were caught doing it, which made the CIA wow. go, well, why are they trying to, why are they yeah. trying to destroy so much evidence here? So they actually, it backfired and they started paying, they got more attention instead of less attention. Wow. All right. All right. All right. So, so. Jesse. Jesse, you're up. Yep. Okay. One, Project Kingdom Force. The FBI asked Billy Graham to include anti-communist propaganda in his crusades, including comparing Karl Marx to Satan. All right. Project Kingdom Force. Two, the Gulf of Tonkin incident. In the 60s, the NSA faked a Vietnamese attack on U.S. naval ships to justify warfare in northern Vietnam to the public. All right. The Gulf of Tonkin incident. Three, TRL-NSA. During the War on Terror, MTV cooperated with the government to boost songs with patriotic and pro-America content. TRL, NSA. Uh, all of these sound shockingly plausible to me, um, but I, my thinking is that it's the, the the last one, the TRL one, the patriotic songs, because I do know there was a period where the military was commissioning like sort of recruitment songs. There was that really famous one by Three Doors Down. Uh, um, that yep. used to play before movies that I think mm-hmm. all the B-roll for the music video was like basically army recruitment. So mm-hmm. I'm going to go, I'm going to go with a third. That seems most plausible to me. Though well, I could it may wrong. have, it may have happened, but that has not been proven. But the Gulf of Tonkin incident mm-hmm. in the 1960s, the NSA faked a Vietnamese attack on U.S. naval ships to justify expanding warfare in the Northern Vietnam. That one actually did yeah. happen. That was Gee, you know what that reminds me of? Oh, they have weapons of mass destruction, so we need oh, to invade oh, to go yeah. find them. <laughs> Yep. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> where are they? <laughs> Man, I remember the prophets, the Christian prophets talking about like the mm-hmm. hidden weapons that are going to be found and all this stuff. And nope, they never were. Anyway. All right. All hey, right. let's do one more round Zeros. real quick. One more yeah, right, round all right. real quick. All Back right. To Derek. Okay. Uh, all right. There, let me make sure we get, make sure we got a, a good ones here. All right. Um, all right. Number one, Gaydar. The Canadian government experimented with a real machine that they claim could detect same-sex orientation in people. Gaydar. Duh. Two. Leslie Nope. The White House axed several Parks and Rec scripts for being too unflattering to local government. Leslie Nope. Okay. Three. The CIA tinkered with this one doesn't have a name. The CIA tinkered with Instagram's algorithm to suppress pro-Marxist and anti-capitalist content. All right. So, Gator, a real Gator, a working Gator. Two, Leslie Nope. Several Parks and Rec scripts were axed because they were too unflattering the local government. And the CIA tinkered with Instagram's algorithm to suppress pro-Marxist and anti-capitalist content. Well, there's a lot of anti-capitalist content that's out there, so I don't think it's that. And I think. I'm asking myself, how did the government get the scripts for the Parks and Rec? So the only thing that really makes sense to me is the the dumbest one of all, the Gator one. So was that the one? That's correct, Derek. You got no it. Way. Points on the board. Points on the board. No way. They called it. They called it. This is what they called it. And I, I, I apologize because I know this is this is not unkind, but they called it the fruit machine. It's terrible. This is the dumbest thing I've ever heard about. It, it did. It did not work. But they believe there was a they believe there was a link between being a member of the LGBTQ community and being a communist. So they figured if they could find one, they could find the other. And <laughs> all the way around on this is, you know, Canada. We got it from here. All right. Let's yeah. just. Uh... All right. All right. And one more round. Then we'll call. All right, Jesse, you ready? Yep, yep. All right. Number one, the U.S. government was inspired to develop the Apache helicopter by a Nostradamus prophecy. All right. Number two, the CIA co-wrote the Scorpion's wind of change to move public opinion during the Cold War. All right. And number three, after Dolly Parton wrote 9 to 5, she was put under FBI surveillance as an anti-work sympathizer. 
Uh, I I actually listened to a fascinating podcast about this. Oh, uh, you know I this one's called Wind of Change, and it is the uh, the the CIA may have written the Scorpions uh, a famous Scorpions ballad to uh, incite revolution. Uh, behind the Iron Curtain, and it was reasonably successful. <laughs> and they were very successful. That, that yeah. is correct. What? That's yeah. what happened. It went very yeah. It was a huge success for them, for the Scorpions and for the CIA. Wow. Well, you guys have proven. I th- see. The reason why we're calling this early is just because it's gonna be a deadlock. These guys are it's, equally yeah, proficient yeah. in their conspiracy theories. It's uh, tie one one. This is part one of the truth is out there. We'll come back to this one. We'll come back. There's yeah, a lot this more. This is a good one. This is a fun one. This is a fun one. Well, before we wrap things up, I want to thank Holvey for joining us. Make sure to check out his two new albums, uh, Coma and Christopher. They're available wherever you listen to your music. Also, make sure to head over to relevantmagazine.com to check out our spring digital issue. The ad-supported uh, version is available for free right there at the site, or you can sign up for Relevant Plus to get the enhanced edition, which is ad-free. Plus, you get a bunch of other uh, amazing content, like I told you earlier in the show. But this new issue, uh, it has Juden Lyon, Ryan Reynolds, Brooke Ligerwood, Adam McKay, uh, Sean Nequist, Bob. I mean, it's just it's just packed. Channing Tatum didn't even make the cut of what I just said, and he's in there too. All right, so there's a lot. Go check it out. The spring issue of Relevance, it's out now. Also, make sure to, while you're at the site to swing by the faith section and check out Deeper Walk, our daily weekday devotional. Uh, it's presented by Lumo. We publish a new devotional there every weekday morning, or you can sign up for the Deeper Walk newsletter and get it sent to your inbox. It is a great way to start your day when you pick up your phone. Also, hey, if you like this show, tell people wherever you listen, uh, rate it and review it. It helps the algorithm, helps more people find it. And we love seeing the feedback. Also, if you're interested in working with us here at Relevant, we are actively hiring right now in several uh, areas. You can find out all the information at relevantmediagroup.com. You can find out the job info and apply at that site. On that note, we'll wrap it. I'm Cameron Strang. I'm Jesse Carey. I'm Derek Miner. I'm Tyler Huckabee. We'll see you next time. Have a good week, everyone. For listening to the relevant podcast check out our features interviews and news updates every day at relevantmagazine.com and make sure to follow relevant on facebook twitter and instagram for the latest for more great podcasts browse the shows on the relevant podcast network which you can find at our site and while you're there don't miss the all-new era of relevant magazine a new issue releases every other month at relevantmagazine.com Space Wizard, Bloody Axe, Christmas Wreath. Relevant Podcast Network. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.